0: Welcome. Good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we're in a series called Five Things God Uses to Grow Your Faith, and that's what we normally do, teach on a topic for a few weeks. This is week four out of six, and today's topic is private disciplines. So we're glad that you're here. If you've missed one of the past ones, attendance was low last week because of holiday weekend, um, you can catch up on those on our website, uh, the audios, anyway. You don't have to look at me. You can just listen. Anyway, uh, last week's, uh, last couple weeks, we talked about big faith. We said that God is impressed by, and Jesus was amazed by, a demonstration of faith. That's by this guy that wasn't even a, uh, we would call not even a believer. So, if God's impressed with that, that's important that we grow in our faith, grow in our connection with God, our intimacy with God. And how do you do it? <laughs> Or what helps us do that? So we're going to talk about five biggies. These are not listed in the Bible anywhere. And this is an, an exclusive list, and some of them are going to be more meaningful to you than others. Um, so we, first we talked about practical teaching. When somebody tells their story about their Jesus journey or, or how they connected with God or reconnected with God... Somewhere along the line, they're going to talk about, hey, uh, I was t- brought to this, came to this Bible study or went to this church, and, and the guy that was teaching the Bible It just became real. It became something to do rather than just something to know. And so that is a big part of our growing our faith. Last week, we talked about providential relationships, and these aren't things you really control, but you can be aware of those and be open to those. And, the, and we talked about people that have come across, you've come across or intersected in your life that has grown your faith. It could be through a conversation, series of conversations. It could be um, just watching their lives. <clears throat> and we even let you share that a little bit with each other. <clears throat> so today, we're talking about private disciplines. Now, disciplines are one of our favorite words, right? It's kind of like the D word. Nobody, we don't want to talk about it, right? Uh, so I'm going to you a definition here to start off with. There are things you're supposed to do that you don't want to do, right? Uh, we can't even fit suppose in there. Uh, all kinds of examples. Uh, get up earlier. Go to bed earlier. You know, eat better. Uh, exercise. Uh, spend more time with the quality time with the kids or quality time with their spouse, quality time with the grandkids. Uh, spend more time helping out at church or helping these other folks out or something. The list is almost Endless. And I could do a series on, on discipline, and I could push it so hard that by the time I was finished, we'd all feel like losers, right? Just, yeah, I, I, I'm just so undisciplined. Now, it's interesting. We all know people more disciplined than us, right? And we kind of have mixed feelings about them, don't we? On the one hand, we admire them. Wow, they get up and jog every morning or or uh, they 're so disciplined with their diet or, or something like that. On the other hand, we just hate them don 't we? And they wake up happy. I takes me two cups of coffee, but they wake up happy. How can that be? And uh, how do they pass all those fast food restaurants without stopping you know it 's just kind of uh, a little aggravating. Uh, of course, the list to get said is endless. Uh, probably need to call your mom, call your dad, call your siblings, call your best friend, write them, email them or something. There's always things that we need to do or supposed to do that we don't want to do for multiple reasons. We won't talk about the reasons. Now, a few interesting things about discipline is this. First, they often begin as discipline but become pleasant habits. I'll give you an example from my life. When I turned 30, I've always been thin. So this isn't a transformation of any kind. (laughs) So I've always been thin. When I turned 30, I realized just because you're thin doesn't make you healthy, right? So I'm kind of old. So (laughs) back when I turned 30, uh, a doctor in, in Dallas, Texas, written a book called Aerobics. Now, most of you, that's kind of old hat, but this was new. And talking about getting your heart rate up for 30 minutes at a time. So what he did was run three miles five times a week. Because it's supposed to be a half hour. Now, back then I was in pretty good shape and I was pretty fast. So I had to run five miles to get my heart rate up to three for 30 minutes. So I ran five miles three times a week. That's what I started doing when I was 30. And I did that for years and years and years. That's what I did. Now, when I started, do you think it was fun? (laughs) It was agony. I got that pain in the side when I would start running. And I'd get injured. I hurt my Achilles' tendon. I bought new, nicer shoes, good, good, good shoes. <laughs> we got a demon over here somewhere. <laughs> um, so, but I did it, and you know, I didn't want to get up. And, and It was hot. I don't like running in the hot. I did like running in the snow. I thought that was pretty cool. But um, after a while, it became a habit. It became something I enjoyed. In fact, I look forward to it. And, and most of you know I've been running ever since. But it didn't start out that way. Uh, diets. <laughs> all of us have been on multiple diets in our life, right? I'm actually vegan like my wife right now. Um, but at first, it's hard. Uh, this has only been a couple months, and when people talk about, I smell a hamburger, I smell roasted chicken, crabs are my big big uh, deal for me. I love crabs and crab cakes. and uh, But it's been okay. Uh, but I'm doing okay with it. Uh, but when you change that diet, it's hard at first, isn't it? And I'm not to that place where I'm really enjoying it completely yet. but uh, I hope to get there. Uh, music. Uh, didn't the praise team do a great job this morning? Let's give them a hand. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, they did some of the oldies. I like the oldies. so uh, Maybe that's why. But anyway. Uh, We got two of our kids up here, and when they were taking piano lessons as kids, it was agony for them, and it was agony for us to get them to practice, right? And eventually got to be teenagers, and they convinced us or talked us into letting us stop practicing. Now it's a joy for them to play, and they tell us, why didn't you make us practice more? Well, it was too much stress on us to try and get them to practice, right? Right but they enjoy it now and some of you. Now, I don't know if you played the tuba when you were young. You probably don't sit around and play the tuba now. But but most of you, guitar and and piano in particular, it it becomes a joy, right? Uh, It becomes fun. It's a a pleasant habit. So that's one thing about discipline. Another thing about discipline is it results in progress. Uh, You exercise, you get healthier. Uh, Change your diet, you get healthier. There's benefits from that, right? And it doesn't even matter if your attitude is bad, does it? You can have a bad attitude while you're running or a bad attitude while you're practicing the piano. You still benefit from it, you still make progress. Now, uh, another benefit is freedom. I'm going to talk about money a little bit this morning, but um, when you discipline yourself financially, You get to the place, and Deb and I are there, where you have freedom, financial freedom. And we teach a class around here called Financial Peace, and we're going to teach it again, Scott and Angie, in in, uh, July. So if you're interested, I encourage you, if you haven't taken it, or haven't taken it in a while to take it, uh, because it's fantastic to get to the place of financial freedom. And what it boils down to, all, all discipline boils down to this, is delayed gratification. And we're not good at that, are we? We want it now. But it boils down to delayed gratification. And you, we all understand that, especially if you went to college and, or, or higher education. You turn 18, you could finish high school, you got a decision to make. Go to college or, or work. Well, if I start working now, I'm making money now, right? can buy stuff. So that's pretty cool. But if you delay that and go to college, there's a couple benefits. One, you can pick the profession, the job that you really like, and that's really important. And secondly, you'll probably make more money eventually. But you have to delay the gratification. Well, it's the same thing with financial peace. What do they say? Uh, I live now. How does it go? So I can live. You guys don't even know it. You guys teach it. (laughs) Anyway, you you don't live exactly like you want to now, so you can live like you want to 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 later. So it's, it's fantastic, but it's about delayed gratification. So. Uh, We're going to talk about two issues that Jesus talked about. We're going to actually look at something he wrote, uh, said, that's written. And uh, one is time, involves time, one involves money. Now, anytime you start a discipline, especially time or money, your initial reaction is, ugh, I don't want to do this. This is hard. I don't want to change, right? And so... That's, I'm just going to tell you, that's what, what your reaction is going to be this morning as we talk about this. So, I just want to, want you to do something for me. For one thing, don't get mad at me, especially when I'm reading things Jesus said. I mean, he said it, I'm just reading it, all right? Uh, you get mad at some things I say, but not the things he said. And just, you're going to, this is going to be emotional, and you're going to push back. And so, just, just relax, Okay? Just just relax and just just listen. All right. So, Jesus is going to tell us that private discipline has more to do with our faith than how it benefits anybody else. Time or money. All right. When you give your money, it benefits somebody else. But more importantly, it's your benefit to you. And same thing with your time. Uh, When you commit to helping someone else. We're going to talk about prayer in particular. But once you discipline yourselves in those areas, eventually that becomes a joy. Whether it's playing music or or living on a budget or exercising or diet, it becomes a joy. So, again, your reaction is going to be to resist. Just relax. Faith is actually like a muscle. It has to be exercised. It has to be used to grow. And so... Two big areas that God uses to grow your faith and personal discipline area is time and money. Now, the interesting thing about, we talked last week, you really can't pick pick the providential relationship, but you can pick the level of involvement in personal disciplines. You can pick how much time you want to spend, and we call it quiet time or alone time with God. You get to pick how much percentage, we're going to talk about percentage, you give away of your money. You get to choose your level of involvement. And as I said, this is, some of Jesus' words are going to be disturbing. But let's remember it's Jesus' words. This is the guy that came to earth, suffered, and died. So your sins and my sins can be forgiven. And then rose from the dead so we have hope of eternity. So he's going to talk about three things. I'm only going to talk about two because we struggle enough with the first two. And the third one, most of us don't even go there. All right? So, it's in Matthew chapter 6. We call this the teaching or sermon on the mount. And uh, we've been looking at this a lot lately. And this is right in the middle. <clears throat> so, Jesus says, watch out. Be careful. Be aware. Don't do your good deeds. And we say or these disciplines publicly. He's going to say, do them privately. Why would you do them publicly? Well, to be admired by others. He says, if you do that, you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Now, there'll be rewards. There are rewards you get from public, from the public, from doing it publicly. But that's all you're going to get. It reminded me of our pushback against private disciplines of of, of, kind of an old movie. And so I'm going to show you a clip, and I think you can make an application. It's called uh, Karate Kid, the original. Some of you heard Remember that one? <laughs> All right, let's see that.
1: Hey. Oh, Mr. Miyagi, I forgot to give this back to you last night. No, uh, no, you keep. Oh, thanks a lot. Sir, so, ready? Well, yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> and your son must talk. Walk on the road, hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do, yes. Or karate do, no. You karate do, guess so. Just like grip. Understand?
0: Yeah, I understand.
1: Now, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Fish. Let's make sacred pact. I promise teach karate. That to my part. You promise learn. I say you do. No question. That to your part. Deal. Still. First, wash all the car, then wax. wax. What do I have to wash the car? Remember, dear, no question. Yeah, but uh... I... Right. Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, where these cars come from? Wax on, Detroit. Wax off. Suckle, wax off, left hand, suckle, wax on, wax off, breathe in, breathe out, wax on, wax off, ah, wax on, wax off, wax, off,
0: wax, on, wax, off wax, on, wax on. i see in the movie, you know, eventually he does unorthodox things he, he he becomes good at karate. This is just like us, we push back right away, right? We start questioning. Ah, no, no, no questions. That's the deal. No questions. God tells us what to do. We, we need to do it. Not being able to tell necessarily how it's going to benefit us. Whether it's if we talk about quiet time or whether it's uh, being generous with our money. But there are benefits even though we can't figure them out or see them necessarily. Uh, just do it. All right. So Jesus goes on. When, not, and notice it does not say if, when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets, call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received the reward, all the reward they'll ever get. So, people are going to say, wow, look how generous they were. Uh, look how much money they gave. They give to all these people. Now, let me explain a little bit what, what kind of giving they're talking about here. It's called almsgiving. Uh, there was no welfare back then. And so, if you were poor, what you would do, is you would sit or stand at the doorway to the temple or the synagogue, and when people came to worship, you would, you would beg. Now, a Jew would give 10 to 20% of his income to the temple or to the synagogue, almost as a tax or obligation. So, this was in addition to that, to that or outside of that. And this had no, no limits, no requirements. So, just out of their generosity, they would give uh, to people in need. And he said, all the reward they get, they're going to get if they do it publicly, you know, watch me as I put hand this, this person this money. That's all the reward they were going to get. No, no, none from God. But, he says, "But when you give to someone in need now, you probably didn't know this was in the Bible, but you've heard this expression, <laughs> don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Do it in private. In fact, that's what he says. Give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything. And we believe in an all-seeing God. If you're not a Jesus follower here this morning, I don't believe that. We're, we're delighted that you're here. And these, some of these principles will help you be a better person, especially if you're a Jesus follower. So he says, give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now, he doesn't tell us what the reward is. But the implication is this. The person that does it publicly, the reward is they are honored or respected by the people that watch them. So the implication to me anyway is God honors us, you and I, when we are generous and in private so nobody else knows about it. All right? So let me ask you a simple question. What if you really believed that? What if I really believed that? We'd be a lot more generous than we are, wouldn't we? Because we don't. or not fully, or not all the time. It really boils down to a trust issue. Do we really trust that God will take care of us or not? So money is always a faith issue, a believing God issue. It always is. It's never financial. And if you take the class, you'll learn that. But I tell people this simply about we talk about tithing, that's giving 10% of your income. And I, I, I simply ask a person if your income got, come, got cut by 10%, what would you do? You'd go on living, right? You'd make adjustments. So it's not a, a financial issue at all, it's a faith issue, believe in God issue. Let me ask you a couple of simple questions. Does God need your money? It's almost a silly I have to laugh when I ask the question. God certainly doesn't need your money. He owns the universe. All right? But let me ask you a more practical question Does does our church need your money? Now, our church needs money, but our church doesn't need your money. Because if this is God's church, God's going to take care of it, right? So, God doesn't need it. We don't need it. You need to give it. That's what it boils down to. if you want to grow your faith, if you want to grow your connection with God, if you want to grow your intimacy with God. And so, offering time, for example, comes around, you should say, ah. Uh, say, wow, it's an opportunity. And when we have other special offerings or, or mention other things, hey, this is an opportunity to, to grow my faith and connect with God. Whether Jesus follower or not, here's something all of us agree on. We are 100% Trusting in God for everything that happens to us after we breathe our last breath, right? Anybody argue with that? (laughs) What other options do you have? There are none. So especially money comes down to a trust issue. And why we struggle so much with our money is that it's where we find our security. It's where we find or think we find, control in our lives. So I can control my life with my money or my capacity to, buy, to earn money and, and do what I do with my money. So, since God even said you can't serve me and money, you can't. It's like his biggest rival in our lives. So doesn't it make sense that God would mess with our, the thing that is his biggest competition? Because he wants to find out if we trust him or not. So, on financial peace, we'll talk about 10, 10, 80. That means, okay, if I'm trusting God, I give God the first part. So, 10% first. Then I need to pay myself. We call it savings. So, the ne- next 10%, I save. And so, I can live like I live like no one else now, so I can live like no one else later. That it came to me. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, you have the savings and you have this money to live uh, a nice lifestyle later and then live on 80%. Okay? (laughs) That's what it is. Now, it's really funny to me that money is so emotional. It's green paper with dead presidents on it and Ben Franklin. I don't know how he got in there. (laughs) So why is that so emotional? Well, again, it's because that's where we put our security and that's why there's so much anxiety and worry, etc. And again, it boils down to a trust issue. Logic says, okay, God gave his most precious thing, his son, to, to die for me. <laughs> Is he going to take care of me? Yeah. Think so? So giving stretches our faith because it means letting go of the very thing we trust in rather than God. That's as simple as I can state it. We're trusting in something else other than God by giving is the victory over that. So put it it this way. Giving is the most tangible means of swapping our dependence from depending on myself, relying on myself, finding my security in myself, and switching it to God. And he says he he rewards that. Again, I don't know all that was involved in that, but he, God, not other people, God of the universe is going to reward you. So that's enough about money then he goes on to the second personal discipline when again not if when you pray don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and synagogues where everyone can see them now there's nothing wrong with praying in church or synagogue uh we do that here that's fine but the motivation (laughs) when i'm up here praying is not to be seen by you folks hopefully i tell you the truth that that's all the reward they ever get Wow, they they prayed such a nice prayer, such a long prayer. really seems like they're connected with God. If that's the result, that's all the reward. Now, prayer boils down to, especially private prayer, to time. Time, we could be doing something else, right? We could be exercising, we could be watching TV, we could be sleeping. Boils down to time. Now, what Jesus is talking about here is not prayer to get prayers answered. So we all pray for other people. And the goal here again is not that those prayers get answered or not. And he's not talking about on-the-go prayers. We all pray those, right? You know, you, you're driving in your car and you think about something, you pray, oh, God, help this person, think. help you do this, help me do that, whatever. We all do this on-the-go prayers. He's talking about making a priority of time to pray or sit and talk to God and listen to God all right. make a decision with our time so when you pray go away by yourself shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private then your father who sees everything again will reward you so we're really talking about probably our two most valuable assets time and money and we're all busy right anybody not busy My mother-in-law has retired, been retired for like 20 years. And she says she's busier now than she was. I don't understand that. I hope I'm not as busy when I retire. All right, that's my goal anyway. Everybody's busy. So it's a decision about your time. And just with your money, Jesus is saying, okay, here's the test. Here's your test of your trust in me, your confidence in me, your faith in me. You're going to give me the first part of your time. Which means... Most people the first part of the the, the day. So let me put it this way. Prayer is an expression of our dependence. All right? All right, I'm trusting you, God, if if I get less sleep or if I have less time to do something else, you're going to give me enough time to do everything else I need to do. That's what it boils down to, right? If I take this time to pray, I have less time to do all the other stuff I have to do. Now, one of the rewards I know that comes from quiet time, time alone with God, praying, whatever, is you leave that time with a, a, an assurance uh, God's going to be with you through through the, through the day. There's a certain uh, peace, a less anxiety as you approach the day. Besides, who controls your time? You know, we think about money, you know, it's going to, you're probably not going to run out of money. You, you just, we're all going to run out of time, aren't we? So God controls the time. And he wants to grow us in our faith by how we use our time. Then, the third thing Jesus talked about was fasting. And if we don't have enough struggles with, <laughs> with money and time, most of us don't even go to the fasting area. But if, you know, somebody asked me after first service about, about fasting, if you're interested in that, we'll try and get you some, some information. It's, it's a good one. It's the third one. <laughs> the, the third of the three. So God says, I reward personally. That's important. God personally, not not other folks. God himself is personally going to reward you and I. If we practice, we take seriously these private disciplines. Giving him some quiet time, making a priority of our finances. So let me end with this. Giving exposes your faith or lack there, right? (laughs) If you're not very generous, it doesn't show much trust. In God. It just doesn't. And, but prayer informs your faith. Or connects us with God. Now. Sometimes we feel like doing these things. Sometimes we don't. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> just do it. So I'm going to give you a challenge. A 30 day challenge. The ladies are starting a 30 day thing. So we'll do the same thing here. Some of you wives anyway. We challenge you. To give God the first part of your time. The priority of your time and the first part of your finances for the next 30 days. Now, as far as finances, I would like it to be a percentage. So if you can't give 10%, or if you're already given 10%, maybe you up it. Or if you're already giving God first 15 minutes, up it to 20 or 25 minutes, whatever. So give 1% or 2% or 3% uh, for the next 30 days, all right? Now, people that do that or have done that We can't imagine not doing it. It's just part of our lives. It's part of our way we connect with God. It's part of the the intimacy we have with God. So I want to dare you all (laughs) to try this for the next 30 days if you desire to grow your faith, to connect to God in a deeper, greater level. All right, so that's personal disciplines. We'll talk about the next topic next week. Hopefully you can join us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. I thank you for what Jesus has to say, even though it kind of rubs us the wrong way sometimes. And this tension we feel (laughs) when we even talk about these things, much less do them, is faith tension. It's a tension about do I trust God or how much do I trust God? So I want to pray for all these folks uh, that they'll accept this challenge, follow through on this challenge. Because God, we know how much you desire. You know you desire to be greater, connected with us in a greater way, and we pray that's our desire. And if you're not a Jesus follower, we want to invite you to uh, accept God's gift of, of relationship. Your sins forgiven. Um, it's a free gift, uh, and all you have to do is say yes. Yeah, I accept that gift this morning. Step across that line, and we'd love to hear from you and let let us know about about that decision. Uh, Thank you, God, for your presence here this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in, in the lives of all these folks. In Jesus' name, amen.